Hey, everybody, Brandon Crook here, lead pastor of Beacon Church. Man, I am so excited that you chose to tune into our podcast today. I just wanted to let you know that we had a bit of a glitch in our system in recording today's podcast. Thankfully, we got the majority of our message with the exception of the verse at the very beginning. So I wanted to give you that opportunity to know that we preached from the book of Jonah today, chapter one, and we read the majority of the entire chapter. So with that being said, I can't wait for you to hear what God's going to say. Enjoy the podcast. There was another time that I forgot to look up the scripture that I thought I was going to read. So I had copied and pasted a scripture with the wrong verse attached to it. So in my prep time, I was young. This was one of my first years of youth pastoring at 19 years old. I read this passage of scripture having had the people turn to another passage of scripture. And I was dumb. I didn't actually check to see if the passage lined up with the verse that I said for everybody to turn to. So they turned to 1 Jane, whatever it could have been. And I'm over here reading Psalms, and I read this thing, and they are all staring at me with blank faces, and finally one of my youth leaders calls out, and he's like, it's the wrong passage. And I was like, no, this is the passage I'm preaching. What are you talking about? It's the wrong passage. They're like, you said the wrong verse. And I had no idea what passage of Scripture I had actually read. So I was like, it's, uh, let's start with point number one. <laughs> I was underprepared, but I was, I was confident. I went in saying, I got this. Have you ever done that before? I got this. And then you think to yourself, I don't have this. I want to I say this, and maybe this is something worth writing down. I, I don't know. But don't diminish preparation simply because you're passionate. Don't diminish preparation simply because you're passionate. Think about this, because we can say that we're passionate about God, Right? If you're a believer in here, you say, yeah, I love God. I'm passionate about God. But when it comes to God preparing us for what he's called us to do and where he wants us to go, sometimes we want to skip over this preparation process. Are you with me this morning? Sometimes we want to say to God, no, I got this. I'm ready for what you've called me to do. I'm ready to be launched into my destiny. I'm ready to reach the masses. Like, I'm ready to do this thing. And we realize all along, in order to be ready, we have to be prepared. But we want to blaze over the preparation process, because why? We got this. So what ends up happening is we communicate this to God. We say, hey, God, I got this. I don't need your help with this. I've already learned my lesson. I've already been taught by this. I've already done this. So I got this. I've got the talent. You feel me? I'm good at this. I've done it before, so, hey, I've got this. And how about this one? I've worked hard, God, for my success. So I don't, I don't want to change anything. I don't want to change where I'm at. I don't want to change what I'm doing. I got this. I like where I'm at. I like what I'm doing. Maybe that's not the I got this issue that maybe you're dealing with. Maybe the lie of I got this comes to you when you say, maybe this isn't that important to God. So I got this, God. I can get myself through this issue because I don't want to burden your time. God doesn't care about my lost car keys. God doesn't care about the fact that I need gas money. God doesn't care about the fact that, man, my, my rent payment came in late. I, I got this. 
I lost my toothbrush yesterday. God doesn't care about that. Let, let me tell you something. You don't think God cares about your stinky breath? Yes, he does. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, sums it up really well. It says this, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world, is anything, being anything too big and too small, is anything too hard for me. Anything. Anything. Did you hear me this morning? Luke chapter 12, verse 7 says this, And the very hairs on your head are numbered. What does that mean? God cares about the small details. God cares about the intricate details of the number of hairs on your head. Don't you think he cares about the little stuff that you have to walk through? Because the enemy knows if he can get you distracted with some little stuff, he can begin to insert some bigger stuff and bigger stuff. And we start saying, I got this, and all of a sudden we're not relying on God to be the strength that we need to get through it. Are you with me this morning? I got this. I got this. No, maybe that's not the case. Here's another one. Maybe we're blaming ourselves. It's my fault, so it's my burden to bear. God, I got this. I've got to wear this thing because I did it to myself. I got to punish myself. I got to prove to you, God, that I can work this out. I got to prove to you, God, that I can get myself through it. Maybe I can earn your grace back. Maybe I can earn your love back, God. Maybe I can earn your forgiveness. And we concoct this mindset of somehow we have to work for God's favor. Therefore saying, God, I got this. I can work it hard enough to make sure that your love is enough for me. God loves you too much to have that attitude. Did you hear me? God loves you too much for you to have this attitude because he cares so deeply about you. That's why he came. That's why he died. Come on. That's why he rose again. So you don't have to have this altogether. So you don't have to carry the weight of life by yourself. So you don't have to bear the burden of your sin any longer. God's got this. As a matter of fact, you don't have to fight this fight alone anymore. Jonah attempted to take his calling into his own hands. And we see where that got him. This mentality of I got this can get you in trouble real quick, right? And I think this mindset honestly keeps us from living our best life in Christ. For me to be able to, to experience the fullness of God. Because when we say I got this, what we're saying is, hey, God, you can get the big stuff, but I can handle this other stuff. Instead of giving him everything because here's the reality and the world's going to tell you something different but here's the reality it's not about what you can do it's about what he can do through you did you hear me this morning it is not about you and it's not about how hard you can work and about what you can do it's about what God can do in you the work he does inside of you so that he can use you are you with me this morning the funny thing about Jonah is if, if you read these four chapters he's kind of like this grumpy dude He's kind of this grumpy prophet, woke up on the wrong side of the bed. He's always got something to say back to God, right? God calls him to Nineveh, and he's like, no, I'll still go preach, but I'm going to go over to this area, like towards Spain, where Tarshish is, and I'm going to, you know, go over there. I don't want to go to, to Nineveh. And let me finish the story for you, summarize the next couple of chapters. Yes, he gets swallowed by a massive fish. Three days later, he gets spit up on the shore of Nineveh, okay? Wake up call. God's going to get you there with or without you. You feel me? He's going to drag you. He's going to drag you there. 
You can even get there by boat or you can get there by fish, but that's your choice. He's still going to get you where he wants you to go. Come on, somebody. He wakes up on the shore. I have like this scene of like castaway in my head because that's probably how he looked when he got thrown up with fish vomit all over him. That's a great picture to take to lunch, okay? And so he starts preaching. I mean, my gosh, he has, he's there. He starts preaching. And here's his message to the Ninevite people. Hey, God is going to destroy this land, so repent. God is going to destroy you in this land. Repent of your sins. And he's there with this mindset of they're not going to repent. Guess what happens? City of 120 plus thousand people, they repent. They get their heart right. And in fact, the king himself repents, gets his life right. So God spares the city. He has mercy on the city after all of this. God, instead of punishing the people and destroying the land, sees their heart, sees their humility, and he has mercy on the people. And guess what? You would think, man, that's worth celebrating, right? 120,000 people coming to Christ. That would be something worth celebrating. Giving God their life, doing everything. And guess what Jonah does? Instead of throwing a celebration party, he throws a pity party. He climbs up on a hillside, sits and sulks because he wanted God to destroy the city. He didn't think people deserved the kind of mercy that God showed them. He wanted God so badly to destroy the city that he gets up there and he starts pouting. And we end the book of Jonah, the last chapter, with this little paragraph of God messing with Jonah. God makes this little tree grow, gives Jonah some shade because he's hot. But then overnight, he makes the tree die. So he wakes up the next morning, the tree's dead, the sun beats down on his head. That just, that just makes Jonah even more angry. He starts getting angry, and God uses that as an illustration, saying, aren't you angry that I took the tree away? Why should I take these people's lives? Should I not have mercy on these people? So why are you going to get angry? And that's the question that God leaves us with at the end of this book. It's a really fun book to read, a really neat passage of Scripture. But if we dive in, we can see really, really quickly how many issues that Jonah was dealing with that I think we have dealt with in life. Because you might look at this and go, man, I can't believe that dude didn't celebrate all these salvations. But here's the reality. He had one expectation in his mind and saw something else. You ever get frustrated at God for seeing a result that you thought was a little bit different than what you wanted to see? You ever get a little frustrated at God when you prayed for him to get you on the right path? So he gets you on the right path, but it's not the one you wanted to be on? Yeah, we've walked through that before. We can pray for God's help. We can pray for God's guidance. We can pray for God to, to use us. And when he does and happens to do it his way and not our way, all of a sudden we're like, God, this, this is not what I wanted to do. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought you called me to do. And all of a sudden we're frustrated at God for doing the very thing we've asked him to do. Are you with me this morning? I wonder then how many times we've boxed God in with our prayers and with our ask towards God and what he would do. How many times have we boxed God in because we're scared of how he'll use us? God, I'll do this, just not this. God, send me here and help me to do this. Just don't let me go over here, please. God, I'll, I'll, I'll spread your good news here and I'll do this and I'll be a light. Just don't let me lose my job for it. God, help me, to, help me to do this. Just don't let me lose any Instagram followers. I mean, we pray these prayers to God, 
but they're half-hearted prayers. And what we're basically saying to God is, hey, I don't trust you enough, even though you created the heavens and the earth and hold everything in the palm of your hand. I don't trust you enough to give you my whole heart. I don't trust you enough to give you my whole life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you part of my life, and the other part, well, I got this. Are you with me this morning? God cared so much for the people of Nineveh that he was going to get the message there no matter what. He was going to give those people a chance no matter what. Whether it was dragging Jonah on this boat or getting Jonah there by fish, God was going to get the message to the people. Are you with me this morning? Can I just stop there for a minute and help you understand that God loves you that much? God loves you that much that, that he's willing to care for your soul and for your calling to get you where you need to go. Even if he's called you somewhere and you're running from the opposite direction of your calling, he's going to find a way to turn it around. He's going to find a way maybe to turn you around and to get the message across because he loves you enough to give you chance after chance. He loves you enough to use you in your good times and in your bad times. Do you hear me this morning? God loves you enough no matter how many times times you fail, no matter how many things you do well, God is going to continue to use you. A couple of things that I think we can look at and see what Jonah was dealing with, and maybe what really kept him from going there at first and having the attitude that he had, I think there's a couple of things. First thing I think we've all dealt with, it's the obvious one, pride. Pride's real, in case you didn't know, and it comes before the Fall, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all deal with pride in some form, but listen to this. Jonah's reason for running, I think, was quite simply, he didn't like the Assyrian people. Assyria was, was the nation that Nineveh was in. Nineveh was the capital city. And Assyria was this rebellious nation. They were uh, just complete idolaters. They, they were proud and ruthless, and they didn't like Israel. And So there was this collide, and they certainly didn't like the one true God. Jonah was just fed up, didn't like the people. So guess what, God? I'm not going to go there because I don't like them. For real. So he wants to go do what he wants to do because he doesn't like the people God's called him to. You ever been in a situation like that? We do that on Sunday sometimes. I think people use that as an excuse why not to come to church because I don't like them people that come to that church. I don't like that song they be singing on Sundays. Those lights, they're too bright, man. They start flashing. It takes away. This person who stands next to me lifts their arms up way too high. What she got to celebrate anyway. You feel me? Like we, we can do that to ourselves if we're not careful. We can say those lies to ourselves. And what turns up being maybe you've had this conversation with people before where they say, oh, I just don't have to go to church to be saved. I don't go to church to be saved. I go to church to get fed. Come on, somebody. I go to church to have community. I go to church to experience God. I can have church at home. I got this. I can do it myself. Really? How in the world are you going to last without a body of Christ? How in the world are you going to last without somebody speaking into your life other than your own self telling yourself what you want to hear? And we use that excuse, and I've heard people say that before, and I try to remind them that church is not about salvation alone. Church is about growth and experiencing the fullness of God and community. And that word scares people because we got this pride built up inside of us where we're like, community? Well, what if they see the real me? 
What if say the, they, they see the me off Instagram? What if I let my guard down and they realize I ain't got it all together? What if they see I got problems? What if, what if they notice this? Are they still going to love me? And your pride turns into fear. And I think that's the second thing Jonah was dealing with. He was prideful and arrogant about the people of Nineveh. And so he's saying, I don't want to go there because I don't like those people. They bad-mouthing God. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to go over here. But in the reality, I think he was scared. I think he was scared of what the people would think of him. Coming in there with this message, this new message of worship the one true God, repent of your sins. He was scared of what they would do to him. He was scared of how they would view him. He was scared, I think, even if God, which what God did was, I think, his greatest fear, didn't destroy the city, how they would view him. Would they see me as a false prophet if I'm telling them God's going to destroy the city and then he doesn't destroy the city? Are they going to think I'm coming in here lying? He's lying to himself, saying all of these things, so he tries to take it into his own hands. And then how would they view my nation? How would they view Israel if all of this doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go? We're scared sometimes to give God our whole life because then that might mean we have to do it God's way, not our way. And usually God's way starts with a purge, getting rid of some stuff and making room for more of him. Are you with me? And that's the fear because we don't want to get rid of some of those things. We might have to repent of some stuff. We, we might have to confess some stuff to God. We might have to make a change. And so you might be so scared of the unknown and for what that is, even though that's where God's calling you. And so it's that fear that's in fact keeping you from your destiny. It's that fear that's keeping you from where God has called you to be and to go. And listen, you can either hold on to your struggle you can either hold on to your pain, you can either hold on to your problem, or you can admit to God, I don't got this. I don't have this, God. I don't have it all together like I try to show. I don't got it like I say I got it. And you can give it to the one who holds you in the palm of his hand, who created you, who sees the real you. You can give it to the one who died for your sins. You can give it to the one, come on, who walked on water. And instead of saying, I've got this, you can start saying, God's got this. God's got this. When it's out of control, God's got this. When you mess up, God's got this. When you can't see a way out, listen to me, God's got this. When, when he's opened a door, but you're still scared to walk through it, God's got this. Are you with me this morning? I believe that God's got this. Some of you have been hesitating on a decision and praying for a blessing that he's put in front of you. You just got to walk into it. But the problem is you don't know once you walk into it where the provision's going to come from. You don't know what you, when you walk into it where, where the strategy's going to go. You, you don't know what you walk into it, how the direction's going to lead. But God said, hey, here it is. Here's what you prayed for. Walk in it. Trust me. Believe me. Stop saying, I got this and understand that God's got this. Some of y'all need to go home with a mindset of God's got this and walk in with some real confidence into what he's called you to be. We want to understand this word favor, which often is accompanied by works or so we think. I must work hard for God's favor. I got to be a super good Christian for God's favor. 
Favor has nothing to do with works. Favor has nothing to do with how spiritual you are and how high you lift your hands in worship. Favor has, has nothing to do with how you can earn it by how smart you are and how Bible smart you are. Favor is a result of obedience. Favor is a result of you putting your faith, hope, and love in the one who knows your future and the one who's created you and the one who holds you together and says you can do it. Just obey what I've called you to do. Turn your faith around this morning. Come on, turn your fear around this morning. Put it in some faith. Do you hear me? And walk that out. God's got this this morning. He's going to pave the way for you to get to where he's called you to go. It might even be in the mouth of a fish, but he's going to get you there. I'd rather go by boat, to be honest with you. <laughs> and guess what? All along the way, he's going to use the good you and the bad you. He's going to use your faults and your failures and your insecurities. He's going to use your struggle and turn it around to your strength. Come on, somebody. He's going to use your disobedience even in the moment in that and flip it as you obey and trust and love him. He's going to see you to the end. Jonah disobeyed and people still got saved. Come on, are you with me this morning? He'll still use you even if you're trying to not be used. Stop saying, I got this. And believe with your whole heart that God's got this. Will you stand to your feet across this place this morning? Let's be careful when we get into that mindset. When we get overconfident and we decide to underprepare because of it. You can walk in passion and faith. You can walk in confidence. But make sure you don't skip the preparation. And that goes just as much for you studying with a, with a test as it does as how God's preparing your heart for the future. Because when you do get there, wherever that is and whatever that looks like, don't you want to stay there and leave a legacy? Don't you want to make a real impact? Don't you want to really lead people? Don't you want to have integrity? Don't you want to have something for people to look at and say, he's the real deal? When you skip the preparation and when you skip the process, you're empty inside because you haven't been through anything so therefore, you have to feel like you got to prove it to the people. You got to try to show it rather than live it. When you can just be you, that's the best way for God to use you. So walk in confidence, but walk in faith. God's got this. If you're comfortable, close an eye. Maybe stretch a hand towards heaven this morning. We're going to believe it all across this place. And I want you to receive that this morning, whether you've been battling with pride, whether you've been battling with fear, whether you've been walking around thinking to yourself, I've got this, I can handle this, this is my thing, or I, whatever. This morning, I want to remind you of who's got it all together, and his name is God. His name is Jesus. He's perfect. He's never made a mistake, and he came to this earth to die for you. He loves you. He cares for you, big or small. Whatever the struggle is, whatever the issue is, he's got this. If you need to move into that next season, go home and do that very thing and trust him this morning. So with your hands up and your eyes closed, come on. Will you repeat it? Thank you for joining us. We hope that the message left you feeling inspired, empowered, and energized to take on the rest of your week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at BeaconChurchATL to stay up to date with all the new things happening in the life of our church. We hope to see you soon. God bless.